Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to welcome everybody. If I've not met you, my name is Kevin and I serve as one of the pastors here. And I know that in a room this size that uh, there's likely some things that we disagree about. One of those could even be uh, how we feel about the Bible and its authority in our life. I I, I guarantee that there are plenty of people in this room that that see the Bible as authority. And there are some people in the room who maybe you're not sure what what you believe about the Bible or what you believe about God. I just want to first start by saying that, that that's totally okay, And everyone is welcome here. But today I want to open up a statement that's made in this Bible that I think regardless of what you believe about the Bible as a whole, we could all agree on this statement. And that's made in the book of James. He says this, that everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I don't care who you are. That's good advice. Quick to listen and slow to speak. You ever put your foot in your mouth? Of course you have. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we're, we're at the house. My wife and I, we've got two, two daughters, three, three years old, nine months old. Okay. And my wife's been going to the gym in the evenings once I'm home and I can kind of take over. And this particular day, our, our girls were just, they were having a rough time, and especially our nine month old was having a rough time. And there's something about mama's touch. I mean, I can try to be super dad all day long, but mama's touch just has that, that extra comfort and love that she needs to be able to go to sleep. But I was ready this day. Like I was, I was ready to be solo dad. I wanted my wife to be able to go out and breathe and be an adult a little bit. And so she's, she's like, we're, we're coming to the point where she's getting ready to leave. She's like, Gavin, I, I'm going to stay. Like, I don't want to leave you alone with the girls. And I'm, I'm like, no, I've, I've, I want to be able to provide this for you. I've got this. So, so I just say, I'm just like, Katie, no, you need to go to the gym. <laughs> Excuse me? I need to go to the gym? Don't tell the woman she needs to go to the gym, man. Like, I, I don't care. Just don't tell her. You know, you know, so, so true about like people that you, that you love and you're really close with. They have this magical gift to overinterpret everything you say. Like if you give five words in a sentence, they have just made a paragraph. If you give a paragraph, they could write a chapter in the book about what you meant. So when you are going to say something, you need to make sure in, in a relationship that you over communicate and over explain. I should, what I should have done is I should have been like, babe, man, I, I know it's been a long day. Like the girls have been tough. Listen, you're, you're a great mom. You're an amazing mom. The girls love you. I love you. You're doing a great job. Listen, everybody needs a moment to breathe and be an adult. Like, I want you to be able to get out of the house. If you want to go to the gym, that's all. You don't need to go to the gym, but if you want to go to the gym... <laughs> You could go to the gym or, or whatever, whatever you want to do. You, you just go do it. We love you. I've got this. I can, I can handle the girls. You know what my wife would say? She'd say, what do you want? <laughs> the best advice when the gym comes up, dudes, don't say a word. Like, just, just smile and nod your head. That's about, that's about, and make sure that nothing that you're saying is encouraging and supportive. Quick to listen slow to speak. The amount of times I've put my foot in my mouth and what I wish is it was always incidental times, but that, that's not true. There's been plenty of times that I have knowingly made a mess with my words. We've been walking through this series reset and we're looking at areas in our life 
that we want to reset and, and see health. And that we've, we've talked about like the resource of our time, our money, our physical health. Last week, we talked about our mindset and our thoughts. And today we're going to talk about our mouth and our words. And, and I believe that our mouth and our words might be more con- consequential than mistakes that we make financially or mistakes that we make with our physical health or mistakes we've made with how we've spent our time. Our words are extremely powerful and we've all been exposed to it. Whether, whether you're like me and you're guilty of having delivered some, some extremely hateful words uh, at times of anger or delivered a lie or gossip at times, or if you've been on the receiving end, you could have seen the power of words. If someone spoke something over you at some point in your life, or you found out that someone said something behind your back, or, or someone gave you a promise and they didn't follow through on that promise, our words are powerful. And James also said this about them. He said, the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. They're so, like our words carry so much power. Though, though it is a small part of our body, the tongue can set ablaze an entire forest. And the sad reality, I wanna to talk to those in the room right now that are Christ followers. The sad reality is that in this world, we're supposed to be set apart. But if people look at the way that we talk about each other, the way that we speak, we don't always end up looking like we, set, we are set apart. We look more hypocritical. And to a world that's kind of curious about Jesus, we're distorting his love for them by the way that we speak and what's coming out of our mouths. And we're causing those that are curious to become even more cynical. It's why Mahatma Gandhi said this. He said, I, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. James talked to believers about this. He said, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And listen, you may be in here and, and you may not believe in the Bible as authority. And you may be nodding your head like, yeah, I can't stand the way that Christians use their speech. But I, I would even encourage you today to, to lean in and listen for yourself. I would challenge you that, that likely you have morals that are tied to speech. Like we, we all have these internal um, morals that are in our life. And I believe that's there because I believe that you were created in the image of a God who created these morals. And so I believe that there are morals that you've got, but like you, you would agree that lying is not gonna get you very far, that eventually that's going to cause trouble, that gossip is causing trouble in your relationships, that speaking out of anger is, is causing you issues. And you would believe that that wouldn't be right to speak that way or use your mouth that way, but you tend to make mistakes and see the power of your words. So I would encourage you to even lean into this conversation today. The good news is that while our, our tongue is powerful, our words, our mouth is powerful, it's also powerful in a positive sense. One encouraging word can change someone's entire mood or entire day. It can change their entire week. One encouraging word can change someone's entire 
future and trajectory. Think about the power of the words, I love you, especially to a child hearing the words, I love you. Think about what good gossip can be. When you speak good of someone behind their back, you're building their influence and in how others view them. Our words can be powerful in a positive way too. So we're talking about resetting our mouth, resetting our words today. If our words are that powerful that we can create a huge mess or we can affect change and make a difference in our families, our loved ones, our city, and our world. I want the latter. So how do we get control of this thing? How do we reset our mouth? Before we get to that, there was a conversation Jesus had that I want to look at in a moment where he revealed that there's actually some questions that we need to dig into first that are showing us why we're saying the things that we're saying. And so today we're going to look at three things that our words reveal. Number one is this. My words reveal my current source or sources. Pastor Jordan talked earlier about how words come out of the overflow of our mouth. This came from a conversation that Jesus was having with some religious leaders. And we're going to look from the gospel of Matthew. This was a tax collector that walked closely with Jesus and followed him. Starting at verse 33 in chapter 12, it says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its what? You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? This is Jesus talking. And I know some people are like, Jesus would never say anything like that. Yep, he did. You brood of vipers. How can you say how can you who are evil say anything good? Before I even go on, I love, like, I love how bold Jesus is here, but he's also intentional. That, that what, he, what he says is, you brood of vipers, do you know where vipers are most dangerous? Their mouth, the venom that is in their mouth. He's intentional with this word to know, like this, your mouths are causing problems. They're poisonous, okay? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Essentially, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, your words are telling on you. They're telling the story of what is going on in here. They're telling what you're filling up with, they're telling what you're turning to. They're telling what you're plugged into. This is your source. And, and, he, and he says that it's, it's from the heart, right? Well, where do we turn for our heart needs? Our heart needs are filled with relationships. Our heart needs are filled with motivations and desires, needs and wants, values or meaning. Our heart needs are, are filled with feelings or interdependence. And so Jesus is like, what are your values? Where do you find your meaning? If you want to know the answers to those types of questions, look no farther than your words. 
And I can be honest, like there's times where like I'll say something and be shocked that it came out of my mouth and I'm tracing the heart like, man, I, you know, if I, if I spoke that out to someone that I love, it's not that my heart like doesn't like them. So I don't even know that like there's a tension with this out of, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, but my heart, my heart loves this individual and, and what, what it might be revealing when you're rude to someone that you, that you love or you're close to, it might be, it might not be revealing that you can't stand them. It might be revealing that you are placing too much value in who they are in your heart's needs. That you are making them be the source of what your heart is needing and when they can't fulfill that, because guess what? No one can fulfill that. We find a gap and we start to say things because we're frustrated or we're hurt or, 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 or we feel let down. Sometimes we, we lie or we exaggerate things because maybe our heart need is, is, is the value that we place in people pleasing or getting advanced or getting a position or being seen in a certain way. Your heart is showing itself through your words. Your words are telling on you. And there's, there's some ways to check it out in less obvious terms as well. You know, when you're getting healthy, like if you, if you start uh, working out, for example, and, and you want to lose weight, where do you go to check your results? You like step on the scale, right? And that's gonna tell you some information, all right? If, if you're trying to get your finances in order, you have to check the balance and you need to see, okay, where is my spending going? What's, what's going on? A less obvious way is to, to step, on like, step, on the, step on the scale of like some game film and look at, look at where the time is going and what you're talking about. Sorry, what percentage of time am I spending talking about something? That can tell you a lot about the source of your heart. Like how much time do you spend talking about politics? How much time do you spend talking about that problem at work? How much time do you spend talking about that new amazing show that you're binging that's awesome? How much time do you spend talking about that new relationship? Or how much time do you spend talking about that new goal that you've got? Or how much time do you spend talking about Jesus? When you start to look at these percentages of time, you can start to trace back and see, okay, what am I filling my heart's needs with? And the truth is, if we're plugging into anything else other than Jesus, what Jesus was saying is, a bad tree produces bad fruit. A bad tree happens because of where its roots are. If it's in bad soil, if we're plugged in anywhere else, we're gonna see some bad come out. The only source that can truly fulfill what your heart and my heart needs is Jesus. And this is why one of the things that I love to do when I'm sitting with Jesus in my quiet time and I'm praying, I do love to game film the day before. And I love to allow Jesus to bring to mind the things that I've said, because honestly, the majority of the regrets that I have in my day or in my life come from the words that I have said. And they reveal a lot. And it allows me to then confess that to Jesus, confess that where I need to confess that, and, and to repent. Unplug from the source that I was plugged into and replug in to Him. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But my words, they reveal my current source. The second thing is this my words reveal my current course. 
we're going to jump back to the book of James. He said this, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. He is, he is comparing the tongue and the mouth to these small, these small pieces of equipment that can change the entire direction of, of some, some, some big pieces of equipment. Like this ship, like a rudder is small, but it can change the entire direction. And even describes like, even though there's winds, even though there's outside external things that are going on, this small rudder can change the direction. Your words are determining the course for which your life is headed. And it happens in small ways. It happens in small ways. We're walking through this season with our daughter, Haley. She loves to test us. And one of the ways she loves to test us right now is at dinner time, she's now big enough that she's out, out of her booster seat that was, was able to buckle her in. And so she likes to sit at her own seat and she likes to determine when she's done eating because she wants to go play with her toys again. And so often... We're eating and she's getting up before she's done or before we're done. And Haley, it's not time to get up. Well, I don't want to go play. Well, it's not time to get up. We need you to come back and, and, and sit down. And usually there's a little bit of exchange. And we get to this point with our daughter where we're letting her know that she has a choice. She can choose to listen and obey or she can choose a consequence. And usually her words are the guide for where this goes. If she says, yes, I'm going to listen. Okay, we're headed in a, in a course where we're still having a pretty good night. If she says no and chooses to disobey and go her own route, she's headed towards consequences. And that's, that, those are for her good, but that night doesn't feel good when we step into those. She is choosing that course. A lot of times she'll say, I will choose to listen. Our favorite thing right now is like a minute later, she'll be like sitting there thinking about it. She's just recently started doing this. She's like, that was a good decision. We're like... <laughs> That was a good decision, Haley. Your words, they're determining things about your course, but, but they're determining way more than, than just the small things right now. And, and James wanted to make that warning pretty clear. This is what he said. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Just think about the power that is carried right here. Like you can lose your job simply by the words that you speak. Simply by losing control or kindness or tact or honesty. You could, you could lose your job. It could change the trajectory of, of your career. You can isolate yourself from community or friendships when you choose to gossip. Gossip is one of the things that blows my mind. And I've been guilty of it plenty of times in my life. So I want you to know I'm not, I, I don't want anyone to feel more guilty than me. I, 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 I <laughs> when we're talking about the mouth today, I just want you to know that God has absolutely wrecked me in preparing this message because I, I, am, I am as broken as anyone in this room. But gossip is one of these things that 
we do simply to try and uphold our self-esteem. And all we're doing is, is pushing people away when we do this. Gossiping has the ability to literally sever relationships, sever friendships. Your marriage can be destroyed through words that you say. Think about how much power is right here. Your relationship with your kids can be affected for good by the words that you say. And the sobering truth is, our words don't just determine our course, they're final. Like once we have spoken a word, you don't get it back. We don't get to take a word back. It's out there. And that kind of leads us to the sobering point three, which is that my words reveal my eternal conclusion. My words reveal my eternal conclusion. Jesus, in his conversation with his um, brood viper friends, he concluded that part of the conversation after telling him like it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks by sharing this about where this story is headed. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. This is one of the most sobering verses in the Bible. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. I talked about sitting with Jesus and, and doing game film. Game film is where this is headed. And every word that has been spoken, every empty word, other translations say every careless word. In other words, when we sit down on the final day of judgment, to look back over our lives. We're going to turn on the film and watch. And it's not a silent film. Like the volume is going to be turned up and, and, and there's, going to be, there's going to be time to talk about every word. There's going to be a pause. Every careless word, every word you said about someone, every word that you said when you were alone, every word you said to someone, every flippant word that flew off of our mouth, every careless word we will have to give an account for. And I don't know about you, but that kind of terrifies me. <laughs> and listen, we're about to get to the hope-filled part of this message. I know this is like kind of heavy today. We're about to get to the hope-filled part, but I, I want you to hang with me for just a moment. Because I, I, while I want to share the hope, Jesus shared this with seriousness. And I, I, don't, I think it would be doing a disservice to all of us if we didn't take in the full account of what Jesus is saying about the importance of this topic, even though it's heavy. So let's review real quick. Here's what our words are, are revealing. They're, 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 they're letting you know, they're telling on you about where you are today. Like, what is your source? What are you plugged into? They're telling you where you're going. They're revealing what your current course is and they are telling you where your eternal conclusion is. So if they're that powerful, how can we make sure that we reset our mouths and get a hold of this thing? How do we make sure that we can start to turn this around and make a difference? Well, let's look at what James says. 
He says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. In other words, James is like, I got bad news. You can't. There is nothing that you can do. No human being can tame the tongue. Even if, even if you got fired up today, you were fired up because worship was awesome, you were fired up because the word of God fired you up, you're not capable of this. And it makes sense. Like that, that brings clarity to why you're able to have an encounter with God here and you can get in the car right after and have an argument with your spouse. Like this reveals why it's so easy to have an incredible conversation with someone and then turn around and say something negative behind their back. This is, why, this is why we struggle. We could confess sin and in the same day lie about something. This is a struggle that we all have. During this series, Reset, I, I want to give you some insight as to how God led us here. Last fall, we walked through the book of Galatians together. And God laid it on Pastor Greg's heart that we would start this year walking more in depth into the fruits of the Spirit. And we would kind of tackle different fruits through different weeks. Well, when we got to self-control, Pastor Greg felt like we could camp out and talk about the fruit of self-control for this entire month of January. And so all of these areas that we've been talking about have been uh, rooted from us hoping to see the Lord give us self-control, that that fruit would play out in these areas of our life where we're wanting change. Well, if you remember, and I would encourage you, if, if you have a chance to go back and watch that series on Galatians, it's powerful. The book of Galatians is powerful. But the whole book is, is this battle and this struggle between walking in flesh, in my own ability, in my own strength, or walking in the Spirit and surrendering to Him. When you hear the word self-control, it's a fruit of the Spirit, self-control, it's kind of confusing that it would be called self-control because what James is saying is when it comes to the mouth, you can't self-control this thing. No human can self-control this thing. But if we're taking the whole of what scripture is saying, if you are plugged in to the spirit of God and allowing him to fill you, one of the fruits that he can produce in your life is self-control. In other words, it's not really you controlling or taming the tongue. It's his ability to do that. And when you're battling, that's where you're finding, man, I, could, I can see like God helping me do well. And now all of a sudden I'm doing bad. James finishes this part of the conversation saying this, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. In other words, if you're, if you're going back and forth, you're going to find just a jumbled up mess to receive the fruit of self-control. And listen, it will apply to all of the areas that we've talked about this month. To receive the fruit of self-control, you have to be plugged in to good soil so that you can be a good tree that's producing good fruit. And the only good soil is found through Jesus in our Lord, and he gives you his spirit. And when his spirit fills you and you walk in his spirit, he can produce self-control. And when he starts to do that, he starts to change the conversation of what our heart has been revealing. He starts to transform things. 
While my words reveal my current source, his words refresh my current source. His words refresh my current source. When you've been plugging into other things and your words are revealing that there's a gap or a struggle, deep down when you get quiet and sit and actually feel and think, you'll realize that that you're depleted. You're empty. Because no one else was meant to fill that void in your heart and no one else can fill that void in your heart. But the Lord, he can, and he can refresh your soul. Psalm 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. If you are in a season of feeling depleted, I want to encourage you, unplug from wherever your heart is trying to plug into and make Jesus your source and allow his spirit to refresh your soul. While my words reveal my current course, his words renew my current course. No matter how hard I try to change that rudder, my mouth, to head in the direction that I want. I am a fallen man with sin. And that sin is gonna gravitate me no matter what way I think I'm going now. It's gonna gravitate me towards death. It's only by the power and the blood of Jesus can that be turned around towards life. And he can renew our course and he can set us on a path that's better. Psalms 23 continues by saying, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. His words can be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path is what else it says in Psalms. And according to how we handle those two, if we've surrendered to him, while my words reveal my eternal conclusion, his words revive my eternal conclusion. Remember that sobering conversation Jesus had with the brood of vipers? We're going to stand there and the film's getting turned on with volume. Every careless word. Jesus said, by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. There's really good news in one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, and that's in Romans 8, 1, that says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have given your life to Jesus, he can revive this eternal conclusion. And he shows up on the game film day and he says, wait a minute, I got this, acquitted. Acquitted. Every single careless word that was spoken, that was out of line, I knew about it, I took it. I got it from here. I'll take the punishment. That, 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 I'll take that, acquitted. I want to bring freedom. And you know all you have to do to receive that? All you have to do is use your mouth to confess him as Lord. This is what it says in Romans 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your what? It is with your what? that you profess your faith and are saved. 
As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And you could make that decision to call on Jesus to save you today. Our mouths are the most powerful thing about us and yet they display how weak we really are and how in need we really are of a savior. And today you could allow him to save you from the mistakes that have been made through your mouth and he can acquit every careless word. He can refresh you today. He can renew your course today. Turn you all the way around and head your life into an eternal conclusion. It's with him for eternity. For those that are already Christ followers, Maybe today the revelation is, wow, like I, I kind of unplugged for a while from the Spirit of God being my source, and I've been walking in the flesh, and I can see it. I can see it from the words that I say. Like I'm, I'm thinking about some of the things that I've, I've said, even this morning at home, or things that I've said over the weekend, or this week, or the amount of time I'm spending talking about certain things. Like it's revealing, maybe I have unplugged. Maybe I'm walking more in flesh than I am in spirit. Or maybe I can see my course isn't, isn't leading where I thought it would or it's not lining up with God's word. Maybe, maybe I'm <laughs> directing that with, with my words. Today, for you, the reminder would be like you can't control this on your own. You cannot tame your tongue on your own. You cannot reset your mouth for good. No human being can. A reset mouth comes from a surrendered heart. My encouragement to you would be this. When, when my word, when my mouth, when my word is surrender, his words are refreshing, renewal, and revival. And that is my prayer for you and for us as a church that we would step out and say, God, we surrender. Would you bring refreshing to our heart's needs? Would you bring renewal to the direction that we're headed? And would you restore the joy of our salvation as you revive our hearts to what you have done eternally through the cross, the burial, and the resurrection? Can we pray together? Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. We lift you high this morning. And Lord, we're just going to start by confessing. We confess that we've got unclean lips. Lord, we confess that we have spoken words that we never should have said. Lord, and we've brought hurt. We've brought disunity. We've spoken words to ourselves. We've spoken words about ourselves. Lord, we put distance between us and loved ones. And Lord, we just trust that, that we can't fix this on our own. So this morning, we're just coming to you for surrender.
We're saying we surrender. We surrender our heart. We're using our words to say we surrender again. And and that might be just your word, your prayer this morning. Just, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. I surrender my mouth to you because I surrender my heart to you. And Lord, would you follow through on your word? Would you refresh our soul? Would you renew courses this morning? And would you bring revival into hearts? And if you're here today and you've not given your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. You could pray a prayer like this and just say, Jesus, I need you. I cannot do this alone. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sins have consequences. But Jesus, I believe you took my place and my punishment on that cross and that you died for me. But I believe God raised you from the dead. And so today I'm asking you to save me from my sins. And I'm gonna commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.